My name is Nate Ortiz. Uh, I am the District Youth Director, so that's DYD for some of you. For some of you who may have been around for a while, DCAP, maybe you mentioned, remember that. Um, maybe some of you don't. Um, but um, so being the State Director here in Ohio, it's been four years this summer, which that sometimes feels like crazy to me to think like, wow, like four years, where does that go? And so some of you feel, you know, maybe think like I felt every of those four years, Nate, it's been long, um, maybe not. But um, hey, today we're gonna be talking about Youth Ministry 101. And I have to warn you, um, you know, my heart is just um, overflowing with just uh, the passion for youth ministry right now. Um, I can tell you this past year, I have just been breathing in youth ministry on so many different levels. Um, there's just so many great things happening. The culture of youth ministry is changing, it is forever shifting. And so we kind of want to have some open conversation today. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that we, we learn in conversation. You know, I'm not going to come in here and just feel like, here's a su you know, silver bullet for youth ministry. If you do this, this is what's going to cause growth. Because, um, he hear me, we are in a uni unique time in youth ministry. So if you are sitting here feeling like, man, this is a struggle we're having in our youth ministry, or how do we break this plateau, or our kids aren't you know, entering in worship, or we're having sports being issued, right? You are not alone. You know, there is just a different uh, season that we are in youth ministry. That's just the reality. And so you know, we're going to talk about some of these things, not in a doom and gloom, but listen, together as youth pastors, there's, su there's such a a urgency for us to come together, for us to resource each other, for us to have conversations. And so I kind of want to, you know, paint a picture here. Um, and we're going to kind of talk through some core values, some things that I feel like are pillars for youth ministry that maybe we wouldn't always deem as like, well, that, that just seems very practical, right? It's like, what is the new hot thing? What is the resource? What is that type of thing? And we'll talk about those things. And I think that's always ongoing conversation. You know, if we want to rewind the clock back, um, you know, even to my time where, you know, it's like, hey, th there's this curriculum, you know, here's these pamphlets or here's this book. It's like now in the information age with things being online, things are always progressing. Things are always changing. So I don't want to give you something that is just, you know, hey, you know, here's this curriculum. Um, because I always like to say kids ministry is very curriculum based, right? It's you, know, you come and it's like sing this song and then do these hand motions and you know This is what the kids will learn But in youth ministry, we're very culturally driven which can be you know a little bit difficult because it's always changing It's always evolving just even myself and I do not consider myself, you know in the know or cool or any of that um, but I am the kind of person, I know my voice is very scary, I know, right? <laughs> I'm flayed. I'm, I'm, the, you know, I'm the kind of person where you can make a reference to something. Kids like, Psh, that was last week. I'm like, last week? I mean, I tried hard. I was trying. Like, like <laughs> that was me trying, you know? Uh, I was talking to a youth pastor, uh, and we were talking about this last night with our area reps, where he showed that, uh, that one, it was, this was during Thanksgiving time, but he showed the one, uh, popular video with uh, Sister Shirley where, you know, she's like, no, we got, you know, yams, you know, the potatoes, tomatoes, yams, greens, you know, like, I don't know if you guys don't talk about that video. Some of you don't. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, that was last week. But it was like this popular video that was, you know, out there, maybe, you know, probably my singing didn't help help the cause here, but he showed it to his kids, like, oh, everyone for sure knows this video, and they're like, yeah, that was like so last year. It's like, okay, all right. So, 
we all been there, you show the video and it just falls completely flat. And you're like, is this video almost done? Cause I'm literally dying a thousand deaths right now. <laughs> As kids are sitting in silence and it's like, oh gosh. So, uh, but so we're gonna talk about some big pillar things that we feel like are important. But then most importantly, we want to just maybe have some dialogue and some conversation um, because that's where we grow and that's where we learn. Um, you know, I want to free us in this room, okay? Free ourselves of the thinking that our worth is in how many kids are in our youth ministry that we don't compare ourselves to other ministries, right? That we just don't feel like, man, I'm not really being effective. Being effective in youth ministry is loving those kids that are in front of you. Bottom line. I always, you know, uh, I've said before, the real success of youth ministry isn't, you know, right now, the here and now of how many kids are in your youth ministry? How many are you running? What are you doing? But really the success of youth ministry is once these kids are out of your youth ministry, are they walking with the Lord? Are they really like disciples? Okay, right? This is not, you know, the, the uh, appealing, you know, the sexy things of ministry, you know, to excuse my language there. But, um, you know, we always want that, that, like that cool appeal. But what we really want are kids who go into big church and feel like I understand missions and I give to missions. You don't have to prime the pump, right? I understand what it is to share my faith. I have biblical literacy, right? You know, we're in an age now where where are kids learning Bible stories? As preachers, sometimes we can get up there and feel like, you know, uh, you know, David and Goliath, you guys know the story of David and Goliath, and we move on. There's kids are saying, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? We, some of us in this room, we grew up going to Sunday school, right? You went to Sunday school, you learned the, the stories of the Old Testament, and you had scripture memorization. You came in, you memorized the scripture, you got a candy bar, or, you know, whatever that was. Um, but, you know, sometimes in youth ministry, we're trying to find the balance of being, like, culturally relevant, that kids are you know, loving to come. They feel like there's a lot of great things happening, but at the same time being, giving them like the word of God and having them memorize it. And so, um, and like I said, I don't know how many of you are gonna be in um, the other session I'll be doing of just intertwining the spiritual and the practical, but like I'm just like super pumped for, for that session because we're gonna like kind of take a deep dive in some of that. Um, but uh, we're gonna talk about some, um, some resources. We're gonna talk about some, like I said, the pillars that we're talking about and then we're gonna open up some questions. So. So talking about some of the pillars, um, and my notes are on my phone here, so I'm not um, texting or anything like that. Sorry. Um, yeah, it always happens. You close out your phone. Um, so when it comes to successful youth ministry, it starts with you. Wow, Nate, that was so revelatory. Really, and I, and I say it starts with you because here's the reality of the situation. In, in the youth ministry, if you're at your church, maybe some of you are bivocational, maybe some of you are a volunteer, and that is the nature of youth ministry. Back in the day, the full-time youth pastor used to be like the second hire at a church. It was like, oh yeah, like we need someone to reach the young people. But now we're seeing a shift where nationally, nationally, a church has a, a, a full-time youth pastor. And when I say full-time, this is the scale that they used was, we're talking like the part-time all the way to like the full-time is 20%. 20% of churches in America have like a full-time youth pastor role. That is wild to me to think that, you know, you're running the clock back, it used to be a lot higher than that. 
And so churches now are like, you know, hiring, you know, the kids role because it's like we're in the season of family ministry, right? We're in a season of, um, you know, seeing like kind of student directors where they're overseeing, you know, cradle to career, you know, type of thing. And, you know, these are big scopes. So it's hard when you're trying to think, okay, how do I reach young people? How do I do this? You know, um, you know, it, it's a different day and age of, when, you know, growing up in youth ministry, it was like, hey, we're having pizza and we're watching, you know, uh, you know, something, you know, having a game night. And it's like, kids like, oh, well, I got all the games I want on my phone and I could, I could do this and I can do that. And then like pulling people in looks different. And sometimes you feel like you're just trying to up the ante of like, I'll light myself on fire. Just please come. Just like, what will it take? And it's like, I saw it on YouTube last week. No, thanks. You know, it's like, like oh my gosh. Right. And so we're, we're in a season now where we have to know that it starts with us. So in your prayer time, when you're by yourself, is the vision clear for what you have for students clear in your own heart? Because when it's clear in your own heart and in your own mind, that is the place that you minister from. You don't feel like you're trying to grab things out of the air. You don't feel like you're just trying to do something cool and relevant and fun. You don't feel like you're just being so, you know, even heavy handed of just, you know, we're going to be a real youth ministry. We're not going to do games. We're just doing all Jesus, all scripture. You know, um, these are teenagers, right? They still need to have fun. But the vision needs to be clear in your heart of how you're going to communicate these things. How are students going to learn scripture in your youth ministry? How are students going to encounter God? You know, how are students going to connect with other students? This has to be clear in your own heart and what that looks like. You know, I, I remember even feeling pressure as a youth pastor where, you know, parents would come, right? And they have their, their, their concerns or their, uh, uh, you know, thoughts, all right? <laughs> You're like, okay, you know, uh, you know the, the youth group is to this. It's not enough for this. It's this. And, you know, you try to cram it all on your Sunday night or your Wednesday night. And it's just, that's not a reality. But we have to know on our Wednesday night, on our service night, it's going to be this. You know, on our small group night, it's going to be this. Or this is what our small group looks like. Or maybe you don't have small groups, right? You have, but you have to know it's clear in your heart. So when you talk to people, they know, hey, this is what we're about. And this is what we're moving towards. This is what we want your student to have, um, you know, when, when they leave the youth ministry. So make it clear within yourself that it should, it should flow out of you. That you say, you know what? Our service nights, they're going to look like this. And we have to plan these out. We have to be intentional. If we're honest, sometimes we just kind of swing from month to month in youth ministry where it's like, oh, you know, we made it through that lock-in or, oh, we got to that event. Okay, great. We're good. But here's what I would like to say when I say make the vision clear in your heart. When the vision is clear in your heart, do this. I, you know, because we're youth ministry and we're culturally relevant. Sometimes you might be in the middle of a sermon series talking about, you know, um, you know, God bless you, missions. But there is just something that's happening that's so culturally relevant. It's like, you gotta jump, you, gotta, you almost gotta jump on that. You know, like, if there's things that are uprising with your students, and it could be whatever, it could be social justice issues, it could be things that are happening, like, you know, or maybe it's something that happened, you know, in the school, and like, you know, God forbid, where, you know, there's times where a tragedy happens with a student in the school, and it's affecting your kids. Don't pretend like you just, you know, like, well, that's, that's stuff out there. So anyways, back to our discipleship, you know, series, our mission series. Say, so, hey, you know, we know this tragedy happened. Let, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, you know, bring this home and tie it to scripture. Um, but, you know, 
like so like I said, I, I'm kind of like in the moment type of person. You know, I like to plan out. But I say do this. When the vision is clear to you, plan out a year, three months. Okay, like plan out your year, but go like by quarter. I think if you do it by quarter, so that's, you know, three months, saying what are we going to accomplish? At the end of each month, being able to look back and say, what did we accomplish? Because sometimes, right, your lead pastor or a parent say, you know, what's going on in youth ministry? Well, we did a sermon series. Okay. But can you say, well, this month we challenged the students to learn, you know, four scriptures and commit them to memory. Can we say that we walked through a sermon series of, of you know, of, you know, healthy relationships and we challenge every student to find a mentor. Like, there has to be things you can point to to say, this is what we accomplished. Because you can get to end of three months or, you know, even the end of a month and you feel like, yeah, we did sermon series, but like, what did we really accomplish? Because if you have students who are coming to you in sixth grade or seventh grade and they're going to stay with you till they're a senior in high school, we have to know what is really being accomplished. What are we really doing in a calendar year that we're saying, this is what a student's getting. Now, this is where it goes on you as youth leaders and youth pastors. You have to decide that. You know the culture of your church. You know where your students are at. You know what they need the most. And you have to push them and move them towards that. And so, um, like I said, try to plan out a quarter. I think some, there's people I know who do a whole year. I'm like, I can't do a whole year in advance. Like sermon series, I'm like, I ain't that good. I ain't that spiritual. Uh, you know, all those things. Um, but at least do a, a quarter. And then at the end of that, Talk to your leadership team. Say, hey, how, how, did, we, how did we do? You know, did, did we feel like we hit some of these markers? Do we feel like we need to be clear in what we're offering to the students? Um, so I think that's, that's um, uh, you know, very important. So as the vision's clear, you begin to think about systematic things that you want to put in place. And this is where, let me pause here. Because youth ministry culture is very different right now, um, I should let it with this. I don't want to come in here, like I said, with just things and websites. And, and you know, like I said, I, I have those. But I want us to get the heart of youth ministry before we just try to, like, piece something together. And so as I talk about some of these things of, like, planning out a, you know, a month, you know, three months, I want you to know, like, I'm here for you to walk you through that. If you're like, okay, like, I need some help. I need some more you know, how, how do we build this thing out? That's what I want to do. Because for me, relationship is huge. And so I'm not just talking about the now, say, you guys are great, but hey, let's connect. Let's keep conversation going. And maybe I can help, but maybe I'll say, hey, there's a pastor in your area who like kills it in this area. Like connect with them. They really do well in this. And so um, that's kind of where, you know, I, I want you guys to understand that, that I want this conversation to keep going uh, even beyond synergy. Um, but so as the vision is clear to you, you begin to plan this out. The next thing you really have to know is who are you raising up? Now, we always think about, right, you know, who am I raising up, right? And, and that comes very, uh, very much of a catchphrase. But more than ever, more than ever, and I really mean this, we have to be placing students and leaders very much in, in leadership roles. It would be great, right? We all look for that leader in the church who, like, they just have the goods. They get it. They understand how to love on kids. They understand how to pray. They understand all these things. But as a youth pastor, youth leader, this is our responsibility to raise them up. Our responsibility is to see the golden people even though they don't see it themselves. You know, there's the people in your church where they serve everywhere and they're amazing and they're wonderful. And, and, and yes, we'd love to have them on our team. 
But as youth leaders, I encourage you to search your church for people who are doing, you know, who are sitting in the, the pew or the chair and they're not even really involved. Find them and say, hey, I think you'd be, make a great youth leader. I never worked with youth. Doesn't matter. We're gonna, I'm gonna get you there. You know, right? I mean, I've heard it all, right? It's, you know, I, you know there, there's, you know, grandmas and moms are like, oh, you don't want this, you know, old person around the, you know, the youth. Yes, I do. Because you know what? There's something healing about a grandma's hug. Come on. Sometimes you don't need someone to be cool and relevant in some skinny jeans. Sometimes you need someone to say, hey, baby, come here. Let me give you a hug. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You need that mom, that dad. That, you know, when you're a parent, right, you understand, like, you're, you're, you know, you watch for your kids, you understand dynamics, and you see, right, that one kid who's not really engaging. And that parent goes up and says, hey, how you doing? And they're able to open up. You need those people. As a youth pastor, you know, it's hard to connect with everyone, right? It, no matter the size youth group, you know, it's hard sometimes. We know you feel like on a Wednesday night, it's just like, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Glad you're here. Hey, fantastic. You know, hey, what's going on? You know, and, and, and in your mind, like, oh, I got to run upstairs, get the PowerPoint done. Hey, I got to make sure the sermon's going. Hey, I got to make sure all this is happening, right? And like your mind is just there. And it's like, you know, you can have the one parent says, hey, you know, Johnny came to youth group and man, he just really felt isolated. Like he didn't talk to him. Like, oh, <laughs> I was trying. I was spinning so many plates. But this is why you need to gather and raise people up around you. Take the pressure off yourself and feel like I need to be the main communicator, right? I need to be the one that's doing this. I can do it better, you know, better, faster, quicker than someone else can, right? I totally get all those things. But we have to raise people up. Because if we feel like we're asking young people to come and be a part of a service or adults to come, like time is the most valuable resource. So if a leader feels like I'm really just coming and standing in the back till, you know, Pastor Nate needs something, you're going to kind of lose them. But if you say, hey, I need you to serve in this capacity, you know, as, and, and you need to give something substantial, they're going to feel more connected. Your students, I encourage you with this, with your students, raising them up, they should be leading a service, I feel like, once a quarter. Your students. Now, what does that mean? That means that you have to disciple them and help them to be prepared. Now, when I say lead the service, I'm talking they're opening up service, they're doing the icebreaker, they're doing the worship, they're, exhort they're exhorting, they're transitioning out of worship, they're doing the preaching, they are doing it all. They're doing the PowerPoint slides, all of it, once a quarter. Now, this isn't, you know, the, this isn't like vacation of like, oh, good, I don't have to do anything tonight. No, no, you need to help your student prepare the sermon. Because you know what's going to happen? If you don't prepare a student who goes to preach for the first time, they're going to write everything out verbatim. They're going to stand from the pulpit and say, yeah, I'm so happy to be here and uh, for this opportunity. And I wanted to read you out of Psalm 23. If you can turn to your Bible and say, and they're going to read through it so fast. Like, wow, that sermon was over in five minutes. Okay, all right, well, let's play dodgeball, everyone. And, you know, and you're going to transition. <laughs> you want to say, hey, let me read your sermon. This is how you prepare a sermon. You know, hey, it seems like you have a lot of thoughts. It feels like you have 15 sermons trying to converge into one. Let's, let's help this out a little bit. Because I'll tell you what, you're going to pull some kids in that are not in part of your youth ministry when, they, when their friend says, hey, I'm, I'm preaching tonight, right? You know, what, what's, what's going to maybe pull a kid who doesn't come to church where it's like, hey, my, you know, Pastor Nate is doing a four-week sermon series on missions. They're like, really? I've been looking. Man, I can't wait to come. <laughs> Or if they're like, hey, yo, you know, they're in a school and the student's saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be speaking tonight. Like, what do you mean? I'm speaking in front of the youth group. Oh, you're speaking? Oh, I got to be there for that. Right? Or like, 
and, and kids take a sense of pride of like, hey, I'm leading worship, right? And you have to help kids in that as well, right? You know, hey, pick a key and stick in that key, okay? <laughs> right? This isn't meant to, you know, this has to be a great experience for kids. You know, not just, oh, we did it, but you have to develop them, right? You have to have the loving conversations for the kid who feels like, hey, I feel like I could sing. It's like, okay, well, all right. Right? You got to pass them through that. Right? I mean, listen, if you've been a part of fine arts, you know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, the heart of fine arts is discovered, developed, deployed. I think there are some students who are discovering this wasn't their gift in the middle of their, you know, of their performance. You know, I watched a girl cry through how great thou art. No joke. I was like, oh, this is, this is bad. This is bad. You know, and I felt bad for the girl because it was just, you know, hey, we need to make sure that we're helping develop them before they come. So, um, so once a quarter, put your students in that place to lead. And listen, you're going to get a lot of, oh, no, I can't do that. But it's your job to pull it out of them. It's your job to prepare them um, and not feel like this all relies on you. Um, and that's why, you know, not, not to make a plug here for fine arts, but that's why fine arts is important. Fine arts isn't just a weekend, but this is something you should be doing throughout the year of raising students up and help, helping disciple them. Because we need to form this great team of students who are raising up, leaders who are raising up and understand their role. It's really gonna help the youth ministry overall because everyone's gonna have buy-in. And because I, I had this revelation one time, we were uh, talking about going to Cedar Point and you know, with, with like our student leadership team, like, hey guys, we're gonna go to Cedar Point, it's gonna be awesome. And all of a sudden, like, there's this rumbling from the crowd, like, oh, we don't wanna go to Cedar Point, like Cedar, you know, so on and so forth. I'm like. Like, what's wrong with you people? Like, it's Cedar Point. Like, this is like, you know, like the Midwest. This is our crown jewel here. Like, how could you not? You know? And I left that meeting feeling like, almost like offended. And, and then like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit was like convicting me. It's like, why do you care, Nate? Do you work for Cedar Point? Do you have stock in Cedar Point? But like, there's this part of me that wanted to convince these kids that Cedar Point was amazing. And I thought, if this isn't where they're leaning into, why am I trying to force them in there? So when it comes to the services, right? You know, they might have, like, this is your opportunity, students, to make the service what you think it should be. You think we need more videos? Fine. Show me a video that you think will engage kids, right? Make the service look like a way that you, you invite your friends to come to. Because I always set them up like this. We, we do services once a quarter where they were um, um, called Reach Nights where it was purely evangelistic, that was our goal. It wasn't meant for our kids, but it was meant to bring one person. And we would say, you know, don't just hang up a poster, have kids, you know, come in, but invite one friend. So the beginning of the month, we'd say, think of one friend and pray on it. So, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself here, so we'd have postcards, all right? You know, I know sometimes that's like, you know, maybe hokey, maybe it's not, you know. Um, but we'd have a card and we'd say, write your friend's name on it and you personally invite them to come out to the service at the end of the month, and we're gonna pray and believe that they're gonna come. And it was strictly evangelistic, you know, based. So when they came, like, you know, we didn't have, you know, long extended worship, you know, we didn't bust out the shofar, the Ark of the Covenant didn't come out, all right? It was just a service, you know, we did, like, you know, e even just, uh, you know, the video, we were very strategic in songs that we picked that they were songs that they could grab a hold of too, you right? You know, a practical example, right? You know, we didn't sing Shekinah Glory, you know, with like a bunch of new people and they're like, What's the Shekinah glory? Like, what's happening right now? We purposely picked songs that they could, could grab a hold of, and we really highlighted our students because we wanted them to, to see that. Um, so please, raise up students and raise up leaders. Find them. Um, that's, that's so important.
And so as a youth pastor, as you do that, as you develop that, um, this is kind of like the last few things I want to hang on real, real quick is um, like I said, don't put the pressure on yourself of the newest, latest, greatest things. You have to love the kids that are in front of you. Be faithful and consistent in that. And know that not everything is going to happen on your Wednesday night service, your Sunday night service. Don't put that pressure on yourself. What's, you know what's going to happen? And this is the reality. Your teenagers have to feel connected. Period. Period. And as a youth pastor, that is your job to seek out, connect, and release. This is your sole purpose. When I talk about seeking out students, sometimes we feel like we want students, right? What, what church wouldn't love to see the youth ministry grow? But almost view it like this, to give you a picture. It's almost like, it's like standing outside of your church, just screaming as cars as they come by. Say, come to our church! Hurry up and come! We have great church! And, and it's like this, there's like this, not this strategic approach of going where the students are. Sometimes we, we, do, we just say like, kind of like this clarion call of like, hey, we're having this event, come to us. Hey, we're doing a Super Bowl party, come to us. Hey, we're doing a lock-in, come to us. But as youth pastors, we have the responsibility of we need to be where our students are. We need to be at football games. And listen, not just with the, hey, I'm here for my student, but ask you to, hey, what, you know, you know, bust up their circle with friends. You know, saying like, hey, who's this? Hey, you know, my name is Nate. How you doing? You know, ask it, and be proactive with your student. Hey, have they ever come to church? Right? It's like, oh gosh, like we're, we're heading in that water of like, we're, you know, my, my, my youth pastor is here. Like, these are my school friends, right? That's kind of how students segment their life. Like, oh, these are my school friends. These are my church friends. These two worlds coexist and I am happy that way. But if something is powerful when you're with your students at the football game and you say, hey, you should invite so-and-so. Have you ever did it before? No, why not? Right? And if it, let's play both scenarios out. You know, then I say, well, I, I, don't, I think our youth ministry is kind of this. Hey, well, that's great. You could change it when you leave the service once a quarter. <laughs> but you have to be where the students are. You have to make connections. I was talking to a youth pastor one time he was saying you know, he'd go to the, he was going to, to the school he was hanging out and there was one guy he really felt a heart for. He said, "I'll make you a deal. I'll play you one on one in basketball, and if I beat you, you have to come to church." And he said, "All right, let's do it." And of course, he lost, and he came to church, and now he's a pastor. We have to get creative in how we reach students. We have to be where they are. We just can't feel like, man, we we did the promotion right, we did this right, but we have to be where they are. So seek them out. You know, I, I've heard of, you know, so many different approaches to it and everyone has, you know, different ways. I've had, you know, a, a not person with someone I knew, they actually went to the mall and they found just, you know, these teenagers say, you know, hey, if you come out to church tonight, you know, I'll buy your meal and just all I want from you is to tell me what you think. Right? As a non-believer, like, and, and they got like real life feedback of just like, hey, I felt like this was this or this was this. Right? You know, there's different ways that we can go seek out kids and, and, and be a part of that community. Um, so that's super important. So seek them out, connect. 
as a youth pastor, connecting is so crucial. What does it look like? Sometimes we just think on the big scale of like, hey, join our small group. Hey, come to our event. Hey, come to our retreat. And everything is event-based, but we have to break that down. So anytime you meet a student, you meet someone in the church, your job, it's almost like, you know, I, I always say this every time because my mind always goes to it, but it's like, you know, kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, you know, who is your daddy and what does he do? You know, um, you want to talk to students and you want to feel like, all right, I'm going to find something that is going to connect you to somebody or something. And that is always hard, but it's, it's just like playing 20 questions. Okay. It's, you know, when we talk to students, sometimes we have the conversations like, Hey, what's going on? I'm pastor. So-and-so It's like, okay, great to meet you. First time here. Yeah. Cool. So, Fortnite, huh? No, I'm just kidding. But you ask the questions to find out how can I get them connected in. So I, and listen, it's not always easy, right? The student, because some, right? We all have them. The student, like, you're, you're, you're pouring your heart out and they're like, yeah, I don't know, right? So you like doing anything? Not really. I was like, okay, all right. Keep drilling. Keep going. Underneath all of that is a student who wants to be connected and be have community. So I ask, and, and you have to practice this. What school do you go to? I'm homeschooled. Okay, scratch that. You know, it like, you know, because if I hear they're from a certain school, hey, do you know so-and-so's from this school? Hey, let me try to connect, right? You know, hey, what, oh, man, I love, you know, uh, playing, you know, playing basketball or I love sports. Great. Over here, you know, like, and try connecting them and creating that culture that we just don't say, we hope you feel connected because you like the preaching. We hope you don't feel connected because you like the worship, but we want to say, we hope you feel connected because you met someone here. Cause there is the reality, even as you can be the best youth pastor, but these are teenagers. And I used to live in Northeast Ohio and I would dread in the warmer weather you know, like, you know, too, there's a lot of, you know, where's my, you know, Northern Ohio, Northeast Ohio folks, right? It's just, you know, it's just Midwest. Sometimes we have those like, you know, it's like cloudy, you know, we don't have like a lot of those like bright sunny days, but in the summertime when it's like, it fell on that Wednesday, it was like that perfect day, sunny, 70 degrees, 70 degrees, breezy. I'm like, oh, the battle of flesh will be real today. I'm like, kids be like, do I want to go to church? Do I want to go swimming? You know, it's like, dun, dun, dun. But, you know, the reality is, as great as youth pastor you might be, there are gonna be things that will try to pull students away. You know, sometimes students aren't gonna feel the draw because they're like, you know what? Pastor Nate is in part, uh, you know, week three of this sermon series and I cannot miss it. You know, it's like, we'd like to think kids think that way sometimes, right? I'd love to think that when I was youth pastoring, people were like, the way that Pastor Nate breaks down the word is unbelievable. His revelation is like no other. It's like the voice of God is entering the room and speaking to my heart, right? Sometimes we're like, yo, man, that girl there is cute, and so I'm going to keep on coming as long as she's there. Or it's like, you know, hey, I just, where else can I get a hot dog for a quarter? You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> whatever reason that we're bringing them in, okay? But it starts with having them feel connected. Because there was times where I would shoot text to kids before service. Hey, are you coming? I hope, I hope that I get to see you. Because now they know I'm not just a face in the chair. I'm not just someone else in the crowd. But because Pastor Nate asked me to come, I'm going to come. And we have to have those type of relationships. Like I said, that starts at the football game. That starts, you know, outside. And like as youth pastors, there was the season where I just ran errands all the time. Where's all my errand runners, okay? Any youth pastors out there? All right. Listen, that was like my life. It's like, oh, Sam's Club? Okay, great. I'll be there. Just living there. You know what I mean? Right? 
That's what I'm saying. Like, that's it. It's like, oh, we need to pick up, you know, 50 rolls of toilet paper. Great. I'm your guy. All right. Fantastic. You know, or it's like, you know, you used to get those things. Hey, we need to clean out the shed of the church. Okay. I praise God. All right. Raccoons. All right. Wonderful. You know, it's like, <laughs> like you're like, like you're trained or gifted in this. You know what I mean? And so, but there's times where I, like, in the summer or if I knew it was evening, like I would invite people, you know, students come do it with me. Not, not because it was like, I don't want to do this. They could do it. But there's something, sometimes people have trouble with face-to-face conversation. They do better shoulder-to-shoulder. Where it says, you know, you're cleaning something out and they're saying, hey, how's this going? And they're just more open. It happens. Right? I can't tell you the times where it's just, you know, you're walking the aisles of Sam's Club and you're having some of your best ministry moments. Right? You're out in the hot sun, you know, digging holes or, you know, whatever, just doing whatever the lead pastors ask you to do. Look for those moments because those, those are the moments that connect students to you in the youth ministry. So when you begin to, to preach, they're going to feel like, man, I know pastor so-and-so like really cares for me and this word is really speaking to my heart. So crucial, so connecting. And then we have to release them. For many years in youth ministry, I, you know, I'll speak to myself and maybe some of you here where I used to feel like a lot of different things in regards to youth ministry. I used to feel um, like my preaching had to be like amazing all the time. I, I served under a guy where it was like you had to bring a word. We didn't give messages. We gave words. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was like you better throw the fastball. This ain't like... God was sharing me in my devotional time. No, you better have a rhema word from the throne of heaven right now. That's just what it was. It was like every message was a camp message. You know, it was just like, boom. Um, and I used to felt like youth ministry was very performance-based. And not that, my, not, that my, you know, not that my heart wasn't there like for the students, but it was just you know, you're trying to wrestle all these things as a young leader or maybe you've been in it for a while and you're feeling like, hey, do I, do I still got it? Am I still reaching kids where they are? Am I, you know, or like, you know, for the you know, young leaders, it's like, and do I have something to offer? And, and like, I've been, you know, in this season of life, you know, I'm understanding the, the older side of ministry, but when I was first, you know, in youth ministry, uh, I was the only person like on staff that wasn't married. You know, I was like the young single guy. So like I was, you know, doing a lot of the other stuff because I didn't have a family. So I didn't have a life, you know, some of you have been there, you know, it's like, hey, you're single. You have no other things going on in your life. You know, it's like, great, fantastic. Thanks. I've been single my whole life. Um, but. In, in all of that, um, God was really showing me that the people that we raise up, that we connect with, we have to release them to something. If our heart and youth ministry, based out of our own security, our own fear, you know, is based on numbers or based on performance, um, we're going to be disappointed at the end of our youth ministry time. And I was, I was somewhere recently and I was you know, doing youth ministry stuff, you know, moving boxes or <laughs> wrapping up cable cords or something. And, and I, a ex-youth pastor um, walked by and he's just like, oh man, like, I remember those days, you know, glad they're behind me. And I just thought, man, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I don't want to view youth ministry as just like this time of my life where it was just, ugh, right? I say it this way, youth ministry is not a stepping stone, but if you do it right, it's a great launching pad. 
enjoy the season of youth ministry where you are. Raise up students and release them to something. Youth ministry could be some of your greatest moments where you look at students and you say, wow, look what God is doing in their life and how they're serving the Lord. And sometimes youth ministry is filled with heartache where you feel like you've poured your heart and soul out on this person. Like you have bent over backwards because you believe the call, about, you know, the, the call of God upon their life. And then they just kind of walk away and you're like, oh. uh. you know, or they go to college, right? And you, know, you see their Instagram or their Facebook. And you're just like, oh, man. But we have such an important role in youth ministry. As a part-time, full-time volunteer, we have to love the students in front of us. We have to seek them out. We have to connect with them, and we have to release them. And when we realize we have to release them, it challenges us to think through, are we really developing disciples of Jesus Christ, or are we just hoping that we can grow a crowd in our youth ministries? It has to be more than that. It has to be deeper than that. I want to close with this story, and and um, we're going to open up the floor for questions, and it can be anything about youth ministry. And if it's resources, I can give that to you. Sermon series, how do you organize this, all that kind of stuff. Like I said, email me. I'm not the kind of person that wants to feel like, here's stuff, sort through it, right? Like, it was like the, you know, the dollar bin at a store. It's like, I don't know, there's all different kind of sizes in there. Just find your size, right? Youth ministry looks so different. Some people have a budget, some people don't have a budget. Some people are sharing kids space, some people aren't. Some people are meeting in a closet, some people aren't. You know, some people are meeting at home, some people aren't. And so we wanna, you know, just have conversation going and connect with you. But um, I remember as a youth pastor, um, we had a change in leadership. And at that time, we had a, a, a real, uh, fairly sized large youth group. The, the youth space that we had, if you've been to Heartland, that's kind of like the same model that our youth center was. So we just had like a giant open gymnasium. You know, we'd have, you know, 350 kids on a service night. I mean, just a really good sized group. And we just went through this transition period. And I remember like, I was in that mode of like, young, fiery preacher, man of God, we're going for revival. We're going, I'm gonna preach this word. He's bound to paint, you know, preach the paint off the walls. Like we are going for this thing. And I remember I was praying that whole day. I was, I'm fasting, I'm praying. I went and I said, no one interrupt me. I'm gonna be praying right up until I go to preach. I'm gonna be on fire when I take the pulpit. And I, cause this was my first time like leading the youth ministry as like the main person. So I'm like, we going all in folks. So I stayed in the back room and I prayed. I was praying. I mean, I'm calling heaven down. I'm like, come on God, like, let's do it. Come on Jesus. Like we want to see lives change, chains broken. Bless God. Come on. We're getting this. And so the last song was ending. I knew the last song. And so my mind, I'm thinking, man, Lisa room of 300, 200 something. It's going to be amazing. This big size room. No joke. I walk. This is my first time walking out. I walk out. There was maybe 30 people out there. My, like it was like a cold bucket of water. Just, I was like, what is happening? The whole message, I was just in my 
head. And God was just, he spoke to me and he said, were you excited to bring the word that I put in your heart or were you just excited to preach to crowds? And I'll never forget that moment that as youth pastors, what we do on stage is the small percentage. Right? Listen, people can stay at home. They can pull up on their phone right now and listen to better preaching than they're probably getting. I mean, myself included, right? I'm not saying. But they have to feel connected. They have to feel loved. They have to feel like they're being pushed to something greater. That's the sweet spot of youth ministry. That's where it's at. When the vision is clear to you, what do you want kids to know when they walk in the youth ministry? You want them just to have stories? Well, I remember that one time, Pastor, you know, jumped off the roof. It was hilarious, right? I remember the one time this happened, right? You'll have those stories. But you also want the story that says, I remember that youth leader who came to me when, during my toughest time. They drove to the hospital. They came to my house. They sat with me in the moments of my unbelief. And they, they wrestled with me in all those things that they want to feel like, I remember the first time I got a prophetic word. I remember the first time I encountered God. I remember the first time I wept in the presence of God. You want those type of memories as well. So listen, I want to open up the floor. We have some time here. Um, does anyone have any questions that were just burning on their heart or their mind in regards to youth ministry? Yes, Daniel. Yeah, safe space. About half of them have um, well-defined, designated roles, whether it's helping lead and develop students in youth ministry, um, different things like that. So but the other half, and I have some coming in, and I'm like, I don't really have a role or anything. And so um, we have one or two leaders in particular um, who are, as you define, you know, kind of in the back until something's needed. And so I've been trying to create this culture to see a need, a need, a need, and that's been you know, going on pretty well. But how do I move past that and try to get them involved in doing more when it seems like I'm almost trying to exempt roles when I come up with them? For sure. I think it starts with a conversation of like, what is really, you know, like their heart? Because, right, there's some people who feel like, you know, I'm totally happy just, you know, serving in the background. But what does that look like? So, you know, I would start like, you know, hey, what is one thing that really is like that you're even helping with you? What is one thing that like is just passion? Like, what do you love seeing? You know, because maybe it's like, hey, well, can you oversee the prayer team? Can you, um, you know, uh, maybe it's administrative. You know, maybe it's just like, hey, can you oversee our um you know, attendance, you know, those types of things. So I think for you, it just starts with conversation and you putting the best place for them to, to shine. Because um, like you said, you know, moving past that place, I think is, is crucial. And I know for me, my thought was always like, I need someone to lead this. And my mind was like, just trying to, it wasn't looking for like the golden people. Sometimes like, I just need someone to do this. You know, you don't got that skill. You know, you don't got that skill. But saying, God, you have people in our church or people who are standing in the back help me put them in the best place for them. So with that, like you said, that is creating something. Um, and maybe it's even things that like, you know, uh, Melissa Alfaro was talking about where, hey, we're not there yet, but we want to create the space for it. So as God brings teenagers in, we're already ready for it. So that's where I would start and then, you know, move, move from there. Because they may feel like, hey, I'm completely content where I'm at. Or you might feel like, oh, wow, I didn't know they had a passion for just 
you know, prayer or they have a passion for administrative stuff or, hey, maybe they can start our, you know, cafe ministry or just kind of like, you know, run the snacks, you know, station for us every, you know, every night or every Wednesday night or whatever. So um, that's where I would, I would start. So, any other questions? What would I say to myself? Yeah, like if you could go back and tell your younger self when you first Yeah, I would say this. I would say find a mentor in your life who isn't impressed by youth ministry. It's freeing, you know, because um, it's a totally different perspective where you know, they're going to help develop you as a person and not just speak to the talent things inside of you, the giftings of like, you know, right? We always grow in our preaching. Right. We can always grow in other aspects um, of, of like, you know, tasks, things that are related to ministry. But as far as the heart of stuff, you want to find a mentor to help you be the best you you can be to reach the, the students underneath you. So that's why I would tell my, my younger, my younger self. And so that was a game changer for me. Any questions, thoughts, concerns, complaints? Yes. How do you break down those clicks in, in youth ministry um, without it being led by adults? For sure. So I always like to find what I call equalizing situations. So, you know, some, like, we'll use a very familiar kind of space for that. When you do team building things, right? You know, where it's like, hey, we're all equal in this, right? Um, whether it's like, hey, you know, like, See, these are just examples, but like, you know, hey, we're doing trust fall. Like, hey, we need everyone to catch this person, right? You know, or hey, we need to accomplish this task together and no one person is shining. So um, what I would do is sometimes where we're doing a game or we're taking a trip or we are, I'm very intentional to break up the clicks. So like just unintentionally, where it's like, hey, so-and-so, he, he guys riding this van, you guys are with me in this van. And I'm very strategic of breaking, you know, it up. Um, and so like sometimes they're not aware of it. Sometimes, you know, they are, but sometimes there's power in the clicks where sometimes it's like, Hey, we're the cool kids and we don't need everyone. Or it's like, I feel comfortable in this setting. Um, we want to find those neutralizing spots and breaking up, you know, that up a little bit. So even with, um, you know, we talk about the cultures now where in youth ministry, right? We think, Oh, who doesn't love dodgeball? But you know, there's kids who don't like dodgeball, right? It's like, but we put them in these situations where it's like, why are we like doing this? I, you know, I hate doing dodgeball. Um, you know, on the flip side stuff, we need to find stuff that engages, you know, maybe the, the athletic people that's like, oh, this is like really uncomfortable for me. It's like, oh, good. This is where you grow. Um, and so with those clicks, when you break them up, whether it's small group wise, whether it's taking a trip, whether it is um, just, you know, hangout time, like anything, it's creating culture. It's creating a sense of, um, this is how we're gonna function in our youth ministry. It doesn't always happen right away, but it helps students think a little bit broader. And so like if we do a small group and I kind of split them up intentionally, um, I make sure I have, I coach the leader as well, that they're, you know, they're aware and just saying, hey, this is kind of what we're gonna accomplish in the small group time. You know, ask these questions or pull this out of this person or, you know, kind of coach and bring leadership to it. Um, 
And so, like I said, it takes time, but always find ways to break it up um, intentionally. And so, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's in every youth ministry, you know, and it's always the battle. But like I said, just trying to find those you know, strategic times or, you know, like I said, even outside of service times. Hey, you're going to call, get two kids together that you know they're not in the same world. Say, hey, guys, go to Chick-fil-A. Or, hey, I'm running the same. And, like, it's going to be like, oh, what? Like, this is, this is a neutralizing situation where it's, you know, you know, both are feeling like, okay, we don't have things in common. But then you kind of mediate you know, in between there. So that's kind of what, what, what I've done. Um, the questions. Yes, if you email if you email me, I have a whole um, thing of games. So just so I, I say email me because I don't want to forget. But email me and anyone before we leave. My email is nortiz at ohioministry.net. So n for Nate o r t i z at ohioministry.net. So I have a whole bunch. We have the slides, the supplies you'll need, everything like that. Yep. Any other questions? Um, besides like finding a mentor, what other advice would you have for people that are like just starting in youth ministry? Yeah, I'd also say ex- expand to other circles. Sometimes we kind of like want to just learn from our circle, but when you expand yourself and you can get to other places and say like, "Hey, I'm just gonna call this person up at a church across the street," you learn. It's because it's just totally different perspective. So. As much as you can, broaden your perspectives. That happens, you know, by calling, connecting with other churches. That also happens when you just come to other events and you know bigger events than yourself, and just seeing um, how other people do stuff.